0: GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome, friends and fans, to another edition of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today, we are going back under the sea with two fantastic guests from Disney's 1989 classic, The Little Mermaid. And now's the time for all of you in our chat room to begin typing in your questions for them. Immediately after this session, you will have the opportunity to talk to them directly through our private chat options, as well as shop our selection of personalized autographs, all of which are available now at galaxycon.com. So without further ado, let's wish upon a star and bring them out. Our first guest is an actor whose body work includes the Brady Bunch movies, Starman, and several animated versions of Spider-Man. Today joins us as the voice of Prince Eric in the original Little Mermaid. Please welcome back our friend, Christopher Daniel Barnes hey
1: everybody how's it going good
0: to be hey, here. hey christopher how you be
1: i'm doing really well all things considered and i'm thrilled to be here
0: glad to have you back as always and yes yes we are i would say we got out of the first tunnel and everything was good for a while we're in another tunnel but i think it's a smaller tunnel and i think we're gonna get out of it quicker so yeah it's just that's just the way it is okay is the new awesome
1: <laughs> that's right hey you know one step at a time and uh, moving forward and what's the old saying you know if you're walking through hell keep walking
0: yeah <laughs> that, that's a good way to do it yeah and, and don't 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 ask where the water fountain is because <laughs> well christopher as always glad to have you back in good health and a good spirit thank you much thank you much mm-hmm. and next she is an actress whose body of work includes the grim adventures of billy and mandy camp laszlo and the highly undervalued series the pirates of dark water Today, she joins us to discuss the role of Princess Ariel. Please welcome back everyone's friend, Jody Benson.
2: Hey, my friends! Hey. Happy New Year. My and Happy New Year.
0: You. Oh, indeed, indeed. Jody, how have you been? Great. I am ready
2: for 2022. I'm, I'm so ready for this year. And, you know, we're going to get through this crazy time right now. And we're going to come through stronger together and but i know we are all ready to uh, get back in person and you know to be safe and healthy with each other
0: absolutely absolutely and i i i i i cling to the optimism that yes and whatever we experienced in the past with the first round of this I think the second round is going to be much smaller. And I look forward to hosting both of you on our physical stages this year at our shows. Again, Christopher, we missed you. And Raleigh, Jody and I, we have a wonderful time on our stages. And I look forward to sharing that with both of you. In yeah. the meantime, as always, welcome back to the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Our teams go going to the chat room right now, pulling out the questions for us. In the meantime, let's throw this out just because we have a fun graphic for it. Paul, get it ready. Let's go ahead and do a fandom crossover challenge. And... <laughs> if you oh, this comes from Andre. If you could do a fandom crossover with any character you have played in the past, ooh, with your little mermaid character, what would it be and why?
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Well, I, I think I'll give you time to think about this one. Because I, I, it's easy for me. I mean, of okay. course, it's Prince Eric and Spider-Man yes. fighting evil together. Yeah. <laughs> I, Spidey would be swinging from the you know the mast, and uh, right? And Prince Eric would be a perfect day to be at sea. and We'd get yeah. the bad guys.
2: <laughs> yes. I think, I think I would cross Ariel with Thumbelina. Because we can cover underwater. We can cover on land. But also with Thumbelina's size. She can she can get through anything, you know, and get anywhere and be hidden. So she'd be quite the wonderful spy. So I think I, I think they they would make a great team.
0: I I would concur with with both of these. <laughs> and then of course we do a quad crossover where those two characters and the as other two characters come together in an adventure.
2: Okay, that would be fun. Mm. I'd like to I'd like to fly with Spider Man. I think that would be so fun. I just saw <laughs> the new movie and I thought that would be so much fun to you know fly and. Do all that fun stuff on the web, whatever that is. This way? Is that how you do it like that?
1: It's It's a very
0: uh, personal, artistic uh, (laughs) decision. Personal choreography point. That's right. The the classic comic version is kind of like that.
2: That's right. Sort of like the I love you, but turned this way. Is that what
0: it (laughs) is? Yeah. See, we're learning a lot here today, aren't we? (laughs) And since Spider-Man is now part of the Disney family, this is all good. Hey, you know, oh, great. Great. roll all that stuff too. And we are good to go on our audience questions. So let's go ahead and roll our first one. Thank you for that opener, Andre. Here's one from Jen who wants to know, who were you the most inspired by when you first joined Disney? Hmm.
2: Okay. I I would have to say for me probably would be Roy Disney. Uh, Roy Disney Jr., which is Walt's nephew. When I started with the company, I was just in awe of getting to meet him, and we became friends, and he sort of became like a father figure to me through the years uh, before he passed away, and I was just in so, so inspired by him to hear the stories of him growing up and his passion and desire for the company to be held in the same sort of precious way that his uncle did. And I, of course, you know, we didn't get to meet Walt. He, he passed away before I was born, I think. No, maybe he passed away after I was just maybe three or four years old. And so meeting Roy and becoming friends with him and part of the family was really inspiring to me.
0: Roy definitely was, and his father, his father was was just as important as right. Walt was. To anyone who knows Disney history, and and Roy definitely did everything he could to keep that tradition going on. And yeah. I, I, I I, envy you that that opportunity you, you had to, to have a great relationship. Yeah, he was
2: a great man. He was he was loving, kind. He was so funny, but so wise, so wise. So, you know, to go to somebody like that and, and to ask for advice or to ask for some kind of wise counsel in making some decisions along the way was, was just a, a huge gift. So I, I was thankful. Uh,
0: I, I still, every once in a while, I say, yeah, I got to head down to the Roy, which is the Roy Disney uh, recording studio here in Orlando and do some work there. So, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to spend the afternoon at the Roy. So uh, <laughs> he is he, he certainly remembered in, in my heart and, and in my work, my continuing work at Disney. So there you go. There I, you
1: go. I think that for me, it was uh, because I was so young and I was, you know, just 15 at the time. about And uh, so I had this sense of, of being a part of the Walt Disney tradition and and I had gone from literally watching Disney movies, you know, just I mean, right as a kid, to all of a sudden being a part of Disney. I felt this sort of, you know, larger than life looming presence of you know Walt Disney. I was like, whoa. I didn't really, of course, understand what all that meant as a kid, but I knew enough to to think like, wow, this I'm actually in the studio. I'm in the place where all that happened of the stuff that I watch. It was just, it was really interesting to me. So It just, it was so inspiring to think like, wow, I'm, I'm part of this tradition. Little did I know how much that would actually, right. you know, yeah. become true. So anyway, yeah, I'd say Walt, just Walt Disney, just the whole, just himself, just the presence of the man as a, as a sort of icon was really, really daunting yeah. and interesting and inspiring.
0: And there you have it, Jen. Thank you. That was a lovely question. And what do we have next? Here's one from Trent. Wow! Ah, what is your favorite scene from the movie? Okay.
1: Classic.
2: You have to go first.
1: I, you know, I I gotta go. I gotta go with "Part of Your World." I just I just have to. Go. I mean, I love under the the Under the Sea. I love the sequence, but I mean, "Part of Your World" is so iconic. It is so coming of age. It is so perennial. It is so it is part of the eternal mythos. Of the human condition and it's one of the reasons why I, the the film has endured why jody's particular interpretation of the mythology has endured and will endure you know if you want to know if something is great art or if it's going to survive just ask yourself could somebody be, could a young woman or anybody quite frankly be singing Partier your world in 500 years it, yeah because yeah. that's part of the human condition <laughs> i mean it's it's part of the humanity so i i gotta go with part
2: of your world <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to say that scene as well, and not because of of my you know performance or my participation in it necessarily, but I think the animation
1: uh, um, from
2: Glen Keane is is so brilliant and it was so unique and different that it was literally felt so real and so authentic. Um, but then the song. It's, it's just Howard and Alan and the I want moment that I think everyone can relate to in some way. You know, each person can relate to those lyrics, I think, in, in any walk of their life or any swim of their life, shall we say. But I think it's, <laughs> it's just such an important song and the animation sequence is so brilliant. So I'm, I'm going to have to say part of your world as well.
1: I think Part of the World and Let It Go are probably going to be the two greatest Disney songs. in
2: Oh, yeah, beautiful song. And again, one of those songs. Very similar theme, yeah. Each person yeah, in that right. I want moment can relate to. Yeah. In some way, you know, you can connect with those lyrics.
0: Yeah. yeah. My uh, non, non-musical scene, and it's not even a scene, just a moment. And as an animation nerd, uh, the first time I saw it, I was just so... That was a really nice aside. Just the scene when Ursula is holding the king over the barrel and just that shot of just it's just that, that, that when he hangs his head low, holds the trident, zaps his name on um, the kind of give me the power, but he's doing it for his daughter. Right. There's that yeah. moment of you've got me. Yeah. I shouldn't do this, but there is nothing that I won't do for any of my children. Right. And That's it's, just it's, a Yeah. Absolutely, marvelous. And again, just it's, and again, there's such an underlying theme between uh, a, a parent. And I think when people get older and they, and they become parents, or in my case, uh, uncles and, uh, and godparents, you start to see it from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm, there you go. There you go.
1: The uh, the family and Faust element of the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Trent. Great question. Thank you for that one. Yeah. What's next? From Da, if you could choose any plot for a future Little Mermaid sequel, what would you want it to be? Gosh, these are hard
2: questions today. These are so well thought out. New year, new questions. Questions we've never, ever received in all these years, all these decades. Oh my goodness.
1: That is a great one.
2: How about about a sequel for, for Flounder? How about that? Mm. Can we go with that? Can I just say sure. take flounder? Of course, we did sort of with the other mermaid movies. We kind of took him where he aged and had a family of his own. Yeah, I guess we already did that. I'm at a loss. I,
1: I have a I have an, an idea. I think it would be really cool to take the story into the future and maybe tweak it a little. And wouldn't it be kind of cool to to be thinking about how the mer people are dealing with what's happening to our oceans? Oh, yes. <laughs> That'd be kind of a cool you could make an interesting sort of social commentary on what's right. going on in the oceans and, and I don't know, that'd be a co-
2: kind of a cool it'd twist. A great of it. teachable yeah. moment for all yeah. of us, would not it? Yeah. Yeah. That
0: would be yeah. great. Yeah. I still want to see Ariel in a snowbound environment. Okay. <laughs> just to see what her reaction is. It's just okay. like, wait, this is water, but it's not. I, yeah. just You want to combine Ariel with Elsa, right?
2: <laughs>
0: I, I think. It'd, yeah. Just, yeah. The interesting is that here is, she's, knows everything about water, or maybe she doesn't, you maybe know? she so. doesn't. That's yeah. Right. So, there you go. Da, great question. Thank you. Tricky and, question. Yeah. Yeah. We like these. <laughs> yeah, What do we have next? From Luke. Ah, uh, what has inspired each of you to become a voice actor, or I'll expand it, or just an actor? Right.
2: Well, I was not pursuing voice animation or voice acting at all. You know, my background is theater. And Broadway and eight shows a week. And that's really what my dream was as a, as a child. So voice acting just kind of came into being after, you know, meeting Howard Ashman and doing a show with him and, and him inviting a handful of us girls to be able to audition for The Little Mermaid. So mine was definitely not part of my pathway, and it was a wonderful, you know, little side road to the right. <laughs> that changed my life forever. So it was a good thing I turned right, went off the beaten path, and um, and it's it's been incredible.
0: Everything's been right since then. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I was I
1: was in New York. I mean, I was living in New York as a kid, and uh, I basically got into the business because you know somebody saw us kids on a, a bus, I think it was, and said to my mother like, Hey, you know, Have you thought about getting your kids in, you know, film and and voiceover and you know modeling and all that. And so it just sort of it just sort of went from there and i was the one that started working and i mean, I was just a kid and you know that's uh, it's been a, yeah last year was 40 years 40 years my first job was in september of 81 so i've wow. been in the business for 40 years that's incredible.
2: <laughs> wow. i didn't realize christopher that you were 15 when you did the movie
1: yeah yeah well when we recorded it in what 87 88
2: yeah i think i started in 86 and i think I think you started in eighty seven
1: yeah so that would have made me fifteen yeah
2: but for some reason I thought you were older did you lie to all of us no
1: just no I just you know I just it was that bearing of uh, you know I was a very sophisticated young man you know
2: <laughs> I could have sworn you were eighteen I didn't realize you were fifteen years old
1: yeah oh, but you know what incredible. I grew up in I grew up in the business so you just you you just right. become you just act older. You have a different bearing because it's it's just a different, you know. And I mean, you know, it, it, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> a, for a whole different lecture.
2: <laughs> whole so you different started channel. when you were younger, so by the time you were fifteen, you probably felt like a seasoned professional. I would imagine, right? right? Yeah,
1: basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's you not like you were the
2: new kid on the block. I mean, you had been doing this for years at that point. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. probably
2: why I thought you were older. You know that you came off as between eighteen or twenty. I had no clue that you were fifteen.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why all my friends were older. It was it was a different, whole different thing. Right. And uh, again, I, I should write a book sometime.
2: <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> you should have have but yeah, you uh, yeah should it's so yeah, that's right why everybody
1: it. thought
0: that. You know, yeah. But, oh, it's
2: so yeah. fun. Let's see, you yeah. learn new things here, Patty. We learn uh, new things on our
0: virtual. We, we do our best. We do our best. <laughs> hey Luke, great question. Thank you for that one. And hey, what's next? Here's one from Gene. Besides the roles of Ariel and Eric, what other role remains close to your heart? All right.
1: Hmm. You want me to take that because you have more options to think about? <laughs>
2: no, okay, you, go ahead. you go ahead.
1: Spider-Man for me, of course. It's, it's pretty yeah. clear. I mean, you know, Spider-Man is a, a, a huge part of my career and it was part of my childhood growing up in the mythology of, of Spider-Man. And yeah, just absolutely. I love everything about the character. I still love it to this day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, Spider-Man and Prince Eric. Well, I, only, I only do iconic characters. You know, that's Yeah, just,
0: that's it. That's where I roll. <laughs> a few iconic characters. No big deal. Eric, <laughs> Spider-Man, Brady. Yeah. That's, that's right. All. No
2: big deal. You know, it's funny because like when you are connected to characters, they, they are like your children. So you don't really have favorites. And they all fill a different part of your heart, I would say. But if I had to choose an additional character besides Ariel. Now, Ariel, obviously, just because I've been a part of her world for a very, very long time and and still go to the studio almost every week to continue her, you know, life. And so she's obviously very, very important part of my life. But I really loved bringing Barbie to life in this sort of aspect with the Toy Story movies, because she just came alive in a different way than as opposed to a plastic doll that you yeah. play with. And she became real, yeah. I think. And so that that was a special character and, and a fun process to bring her to life in a way that she can be authentic and vulnerable and smart and funny. To, to give her a little bit more dimension i think than just the the classic toy that we think about so yeah i would probably have to choose her but don't tell my other characters
0: okay. <laughs> all right what's that thumbelina oh nothing yeah, don't tell her. Don't tell her. especially right. don't tell her she'll oh, get me- there you go gene thank you that was a wonderful question uh what's next is what about James, if you could create your own original Disney movie, what would it be called and what would it be about? Oh my goodness. What is going on today? Wow, okay, so those president.
1: are some pretty intense questions.
0: Oh, we got These some imagineers are... out there trying to get some free work out of us.
2: Yeah. I mean, I need to be I needed one more cup of coffee for today's question. I only had one cup, so I'm I'm suffering here. All right, I'm I'm at a complete blank.
1: Your own Disney it would be All right. Well, let's see
2: yes you're an author you're an author you can okay here
1: here here here's what here's the movie it's going to be about voiceover actors that are cast as disney characters and so you're going to have the part of them where they go into the booth and they do the recording and they read the script and everything but then then there are going to be scenes that take place within the imagination of them interacting in the world of the character as the character and and meeting themselves as they learn about how to perform the character, and then it'll go to them performing the thing, and then it'll go into into their minds of what's actually, what's actually taking place in their imaginations and their minds as they interact with the character to learn about the character.
2: it's kind of like it's kind of like what's the Spider-Man universe? What do you the call the multiverse?
1: That? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just gonna rob any great that. idea I've ever had and turn it into that.
2: <laughs> I love that. I love that idea. I hope somebody listened to that and is jotting it down.
1: They're in the studio, <laughs>
2: but then they're in
0: their imagination.
2: <laughs> you better you better put a copyright on that, about that patent on that really fast today, like right now.
0: Oh, we got it, we got it all recorded
1: here.
2: So you know. oh,
1: okay. <laughs> They're, they're going to tell me you're not right for the role. That's what they're going to tell you. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, you're not well, right. For- well, well no. we're going to asso- <laughs> give you an associate producer credit. Oh, I'll take it.
2: <laughs> okay, I, I loved the concept of Ralph Breaks the Internet bringing all the princesses together in a reality way, like when they go backstage and then they go on stage. I loved that. So I think, that should go to its own movie. I think the print and I'm not saying that again because of me and you know Ariel and yes, I want to be part of the job, but I think it's a I think it would be tons of fun to take all the princesses and just let them go and have their own movie. I don't know what that would look like, but I do love the concept of on stage and off stage and the relationships that are in between, which would be fun.
0: I'm I'm genuinely surprised that Disney, after the the success of, of that from Ralph breaks the Internet, they didn't explore that a little further. And you know, fingers crossed that they might still. Who knows? Who knows? Somebody's out there. Can you imagine if they did a
1: Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern, like our <laughs> dead version of of Disney characters from the from the movies, and it's <laughs> these animated like subplots that are just going off in you know different
2: directions, different characters. directions, <laughs> just scary places, some dark. <laughs> But I know I think I mean, I think that scene from the movie with the princesses just elevated that movie to a different place. And I know that when we went to D23 and we surprised all the fans and we all showed up, you could just see that people responded in a positive way. Because I think, again, in some way they can kind of connect with one princess or another. So I think it would be kind of fun to see and let them let them have their own movie and see what that looks like. You know what was
1: great about that too, when you did that with the princesses, is that it it brought <clears throat> and it, it provided an ability for the people to reconnect with the characters as adults and in a more mature way and in a different way. So right. they didn't just have this this anchor of childhood. It it moved it to an, another level for them to participate in the mythology, and that people love that. So when you, right. you when you evolve the, the mythology in a way that the people that can then relate in a different way. I mean, that's, that's great. And I think that's that a lot of what is what happened with the princess thing. I think that'd be a great idea what you're talking about, because it would enable that that sort of interaction with the with the fan to, to take
2: see what away. those relationships are like. And again, to, right. to kind of bring them more current, a little exactly. bit up to date. And, and that would be something that we could relate to, you know, I don't know, it would be fun to see.
0: And then in the third act is so <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just making notes of my next cold pitch. Okay.
2: That is going for associate
0: producer credit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, and you can associate producer. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that. James, great question. Thank you. That was a fun one. What do we have next? Here's one from Gabe who wants to know. Ah, does anybody have any of the original production materials from the film? Yes. yes not man. necessarily cells, but <laughs> Materials is a pretty pretty broad range.
2: I do have original cells from the movie. I went to the archives and was able to to purchase, and this was a long time ago, right after the movie came out, because at that point, you know, transitioning from hand painted, hand-drawn to total yeah. CGI and, and things like that, and visual effects and everything, special effects. So I wanna say I I may have 12 original cells that are Precious, you know, one of a kind um, and they, each of them had a scene or a vision of Ariel in a, in a special moment that means something really special to me. And then I also asked to find the original motion picture posters that were in the theater. And uh, so I have a couple of those that were on display, maybe in New York bus stations, and in California, at the bus station that's right near the Disney lot in Burbank, and those are really special. So I think again, those are just memory things for me, and it's not like they're displayed, you know, in our house or anything. I think I I did put one of my special cells up after getting it framed, but it's just they're really just for me to to kind of recall of how, how wonderful that was.
1: Well, that's, yeah, that's- I have one cell also. I, I just got it in the mail too. I don't, somebody sent it to me. It, it's a, it's a cell of Eric. It's right there on my wall. And oh. it's a, the moment where he where he's playing the flute he looks up and he sees her on the balcony. It's that from that scene,
2: oh, wow. beautiful.
1: beautiful moment. And then I got another thing in the mail. From, maybe this is 30 something years ago from the, the sing-along cassette or something like it went platinum. Yes. Open it up and I was like, well, this is cool. You know, yeah.
2: so, <laughs> a
1: Platinum record. So I've got those two things on my wall and I, you know, and I'm been up that's there for, exactly
2: that's exactly right. what i have i have my my t- the platinum things from one of them from the sing-along i think the other one is maybe from the cd the original cd and then the one salve that is from part of your world that i love so, yeah, yeah our,
0: our previous ones what you've set up in there we've, we've talked about them in the background so
2: yeah, yeah we, we've yeah. gotten
0: to see them <laughs> So she's not fibbing, folks. We've actually seen them here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we're not making this up.
0: The way you want to. So there you have it, Gabe. Thank you so much. And let's roll another one. And here's one from Alex. If Ariel and Eric (laughs) were the villains (laughs) instead, what would the characters be doing? Hmm.
2: Well, I think Ariel probably would have stolen the Trident from her father a horrible thing to think about and she would be doing some serious damage under the sea yeah that would that'd be pretty scary i i
1: think. I, I think they would be a a pretty diabolical uh, uh duo yeah uh, he would be uh, emperor of the land and she would be empress of the sea
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh and they would just be wrecking all kinds of havoc yeah. and uh, <laughs> I, <you know. coughs> I mean, it'd be an, terrible.
2: A, <laughs> it'd be I, terrible. Do some
0: serious damage. I, I, I'm, in, I'm envisioning Eric with a, an armada of these uh-huh. privateering sort of things on the top, refueled as well by an, an aquatic army from Ariel from the bottom. and just
1: right. you, you know, He'd be on the ship and there'd be like the, you know, the, the poor coastal town that they're about to, you know, raid and then she'd be summoning tidal waves and, you know, there'd be storm clouds and Eric would be saying things like, a perfect day to be at sea. I mean, you know, it'd be <laughs> <a> very sinister.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the curious thing is is that they would still totally be into each other they would be it wouldn't be like each one plotting against each other you'd, no. be, a, you'd be a bonnie yeah, be and clyde a
2: yeah, yeah exactly sure. yeah they'd be they'd be quite the
0: team <laughs> there, you go. There, you, there you go alex that took us to an interesting place ah <laughs> Man, what's next from Jessica, who grew up admiring The Little Mermaid. Ah, what did each of you grow up admiring?
2: Hmm. I think for me, I really admired the artistry of Barbara Streisand. I think as an actress, as a vocalist, as a song, a, a storyteller, and as a director, um, mm-hmm. producer. And I just thought, here's somebody that can... Do do it all, you know, and and as a woman during that time period was really amazing. So I, I always grew up admiring her and would play my little you know six string folk guitar with nylon strings. Probably started when I was like nine years old, and I had her songbook. And so every day after school, I'd come back and close the door in my little room and play through the songbook, and I actually sang. Evergreen. I got hired probably was maybe 14, maybe 15. I got hired in my hometown to sing at a wedding and they paid me $100. I could remember that was so much money. It was so much money and uh, they paid me $100 to sing Evergreen and play my little guitar. And I thought, well, all that, all that time in my room paid off. You know, (laughs) I, I taught myself that song. But just such, such fond memories. But yeah, she was, and I still, that's on my dream list is to, to meet her one day. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but to tell her what a, what a huge influence she was in my life as a little girl.
0: There you go.
1: I, I was a huge, huge fan of mythology as a child, comics, especially because that was sort of the, uh, you know, people don't read like bullfinch's mythology these days, you know, or so much uh, it's sort of the modern. Uh, interpretation of myth. And uh, since I didn't really have a particularly uh, religious upbringing or no religious upbringing, that place in sort of my psyche and, and sociologically and psychologically was not fulfilled. So uh, I went to uh, mythology and comics. And also for anybody that has that, that read my short stories, you realize that things weren't uh, exactly peachy. So it was a way of escape. It was a way of, of you know, living in a different world. And so well, th- those myths really meant a lot. to be, One of the reasons I got into mythology and history was uh, from that uh, those childhood years, those formative years. And I remember uh, reading Spider Man and and Doctor Strange, but particularly Spider Man. And I remember just sitting as a kid, just you know in deep med- What now I realized was like deep meditation, just imagining being Spider Man. And I mean, I, you know, say what you will, but I mean, I absolutely credit that for one of the reasons I actually did Spider Man because when I went into audition. I, I was just so infused with the character and, you know, what he was doing and, and, and those different moments in the, in the dialogue. And I think it actually had a, it really translated into the audition, but I uh, yeah, sure it did.
2: The I'm sure
0: it did. Yeah. Oh, myth,
1: Love myth, big myth geek.
0: <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll say this much too. Around the time you would have been reading those books. Those were good times for those books. Those, those were good yeah. years for Spider-Man. Good years for Dr. Strange too. Yeah, if you're in the Roger Stern, Paul Smith era, that was.
1: And with the, you know, X Men and all that. I mean, of course, what could possibly be appealing about a mythology that says you're a teenager who is discovering special powers that make you different and unmisunderstood? But if you use those special powers, you can help the world. I mean, I mean of course, obviously, that's a super appealing <laughs> mythos for children.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, very, very, very much so. And uh, Jessica, great question. Thank you. And hey, what do we have next? Spider-Man, a psychopath wielding powers he has no right to possess, trying to pass himself off as a
2: hero. Well, let me tell you something, kid. You're no hero. You are a criminal, a
0: miscreant, a masked marauder, a menace. Thanks for watching. As always, the opinions of J. Jonah Jameson do not reflect those of GalaxyCon or its partners and sponsors and guests
1: that was well-timed
2: that was perfect i was like what's going on yeah i was like huh we're going inside
0: producer paul is has been given a a greater creative license during our q a's now (laughs) that's great that was funny he's been doing this he's gotten his own he's gotten his own following the fans have been like we want to see what paul looks like he's like nope oh so he's secret
2: He's mystery. our man of mystery.
0: Yes. Mystery man, okay. Yes, oh, so indeed, indeed. So right, here's one from Andrew. Out of all the characters you have played, is there one you feel you have the most similarities with and why?
2: Definitely, I think every character that we help to create, we have to make a connection, you know, with that character. We have to find common ground in order to make it real. So I think for me, with Ariel, definitely. There are definitely... Qualities that I've blended into the character and that have come from the character in the script that have connected with me. But you you have to make those connections and those similarities. So her tenacity, her just joyfulness, I think, her curiosity, rebellion. Yeah, she's rebellious, I think for the right reasons. So I would definitely be able to relate to all of those characters with Ariel. All those characteristics those qualities i i had to bring to her and she had to give to me i think in order to to make it work and to have her come to life
0: yeah There you go.
1: Well, I I know the answer I'd like to say. Like, I'd Mm -hmm. like to think that I'm probably most like Spider-Man Noir, which was this character I played in, yeah, a video game. And when they asked me to do it, they said, I said, Spider-Man. I said, I'm too old to play Spider-Man. You know, he's he's a young. And they said, no, this is different. This is a multiverse thing. This is a, you know, this is a Spider-Man Noir. This is an, he's older and he's darker. He's a little bitter. And I was like, so he's me? (laughs) I said, I can do that. But I mean, that's the one I'd like to, you know, pretend that I'm most like. But in reality, I think I'm really just a clueless goofball of Greg Brady.
2: <laughs> and again, you, you had to bring qualities to each one of your characters in order to connect and make them real for us to be able to enjoy. So, yeah, you are going to be a combination of Prince Eric and Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. And, of course, absolutely.
0: And, and, and <laughs> I, 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 I will always remain a fan of those Brady films. I think, I think, I think Betty did a masterful job. I think it was, a, it was, it was a, it was a wonderful satire, but it was never mean spirited at any no. given point. And the the fact that everybody's performances was just absolutely straight on no winking to the camera. Yeah. It just no, made It was it an work.
1: affectionate satire. And very
0: much so and and all those other uh, remakes of the of the shows they they missed that point there was that slew of ones afterwards and i won't name names juice hazard <throat> but uh, yeah they just <laughs> they they didn't they didn't they didn't get the formula that 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 that, that betty and, and 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 the team that created in those so again kudos on that and andrew great question thank you yeah hey, what do we have next from Eli, did you have any interaction with some of the animators on The Little Mermaid?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I lived with Glenn Keane and his wife and kids for three months when I transitioned between <laughs> New York and L.A. We had become such good friends, and I had become such good friends with their family that when I was in between places, I, I lived with them. I used to babysit their kids when they were little. so And we're still friends today. And that's a that went way beyond animator and voice actress working relationship i became part of their family which was so beautiful mark hen is my one of my other animators for ariel and we were dear friends and did something recently right pre-pandemic together so it's it is really special to to maintain those relationships after all these years and mark hen is still with one of our only animators, I think that's still at Disney and, and hasn't retired. One of our directors still is there though, too. So it's, you know, it is wonderful, wonderful to have those relationships. It's, it's funny when, when we were all working, the animators would have their little Walkman, and they'd be recording us while we were in the studio and they were in the control booth. And so when I went to, at back in the day, they were moved off the lot. And that's when future animation was over at Burbank at flower street in all of the trailers. And so when I walked into the building, you could see all the the cubbies. And when I started talking at the front to find out where Glenn's cubby was, to be able to go and and talk to him and see the sketches, you could see all these heads pop up (laughs) over because they could hear me talking and they're like, Ariel's in the house, you know, So it it was really because they're so tuned in to just listening to us with their their little daily Walkmans as they're recording with the cassette tapes back then. That's a great story. Yeah, it was just, it was amazing to to meet all of them and all the colorists. And of course, you know, everything was hand-painted, hand-drawn. So we're just hundreds and hundreds of people involved in our film. But yeah, the animators, well, they they bring us to life, you know? I mean, we're, there's nothing without them. Yeah,
1: I mean, again, I... It was just a kid, so I, I wasn't really hanging out with with the animators, but or anybody for that matter. But when I was in the studio, I met one animator. I don't even remember his name, but he was a young guy. And they said, "Hey, this is one of the you know guy that's going to be uh, doing the animation." I was like, "Oh, hey, cool, that's neat." And then uh, they showed me that there was going to be a camcorder that was going to be set up, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, you mean like a camera? Like you're going to actually be filming us?" And then I go. You're going to be drawing kind of the stuff that's on the camcorder. Like this is high tech. Whoa, <laughs> next level stuff. And 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 sure enough, when I when I saw when I saw the film, I was like, he looks like me and that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and uh, you know, my you know, people would see that they'd see the film and they'd go, "Hey, that's your facial expression." And I go, "Yeah." And so I I was sort of amazed at the whole thing. And again, I don't even remember this. I mean, I say, you know, I would now say kid. I mean, he was a young guy and I don't, I don't even remember his name, but I just remember talking to him and uh, about that process. And it was just a, uh, it was just a really cool thing. Cause you know, uh, the camcorders in <laughs> the corner. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and think you <could> say Walkmans.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Walkmans, camcorders, <laughs> uh, go- Google this stuff, kids. Uh, yeah, you Or ask, ask your parents. And uh, there you go. He like, <laughs> Great question. I think we have time for one more. Let's see if we can go on a really fun one. And this comes from John. If you wanted to be a contestant on a game show, past or present, what would you like to be on? <laughs> oh my God! Wheel of Fortune.
2: <laughs> I want to do a Princess Wheel of Fortune. I think we'd have so much fun on that.
1: That would be awesome.
2: Like a team, you know, because. Paige would be hysterical. She would be so funny.
1: <laughs> You're right. Oh, my goodness. She is so funny. That we did boring. a
2: game show thing for publicity. Wow. Stunt. We did this game show. We played headbands. Oh, my gosh. I never laughed so hard in my entire life. She'd put it up on her head, and it would be facing her. I'm like, girl, <laughs> girl. That is, you know, we had to guess other names of princesses. and I'd like to do Wheel of Fortune. So I'm just putting it out
1: there. I, I'd like to do Jeopardy, but only on subjects that I like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably yes. with you know a multi like a, a multiple a choice answer. You know things. I mean,
0: the categories are <laughs> Spider-Man. That's right. Mythology. <laughs> mythology exactly. Disney animated features from the political aliens. subjects. <laughs> U.S.
2: safety. That's um, right. The end of the world. (laughs) Foreign naval logistics. (laughs) Yes, anything anything
0: logistical. And antique coins. That's right. right. (laughs) Paranoid preppers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) How to build
2: a bunker.
0: I I think it'd be fun for you guys to go on you and and your, your, your Disney cousins and peers Go on, let's make a deal. Dress as your characters, but not tell anybody until the end. <laughs> That'd be funny. I like that. Really? That sounds good. These are all great ideas. We could do The Bachelor. Likes- no, your dress Princess Ariel and here's your Prince Eric. How fascinating. Do you guys like that movie?
1: You could do The Bachelor, The Bachelorette where everybody's a Disney character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be
2: funny. That'd be very funny. I would like to do the candid camera thing. And and somehow incorporate us as surprise visitors into fans' worlds, you know, where they'd find out the fan was obviously loves the Little Mermaid and knows everything about it, and then we do a candid camera with them. I think that would be so much fun.
1: That'd be great. Can you imagine an amazing race where everybody's their character?
2: (laughs) 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 Oh wow. (laughs)
0: the cat and camera thing I kind of like the you know the just have a pre-full surprise and just I love damn you know it's that's, that's very much aligned with with a Disney magic moment. Yes. You know that we would always try to do at, at the parks to try to yeah. try to make that for somebody. Yeah. yeah. That would be, fun. be that would. fun. Or or just you know, have an Alan fun. we thought it would be funny to have Disney voice actors at the drive-through you know, yeah. <laughs> taking people's orders. <laughs> Uh, number four and a filet of fish please oh no 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 those are my friends
2: <laughs>
0: that would be fun that would be great uh, crazy john that was an awesome question thank you and galaxy viewers this has been my time with the cast of the little mermaid christopher jody as always has been an absolute pleasure any final words before we take our leave
2: Well, thank you so much for having us, Patty. Thanks to all the fans for The Little Mermaid. We we love and appreciate all of you. Please stay safe and healthy. And we hope to get to meet all of you in person safely very soon. But thanks for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. The same thing. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for, for GalaxyCon for allowing us to participate in, the, in these events. It's always wonderful. And thank you to all the fans and everybody that participates because, again, we wouldn't be able to do this if it if it wasn't for you. And uh, so thank you, everybody. Stay safe. And thank you so much.
0: As, as always, my absolute pleasure to serve you all. Once again, thank you for joining us on the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Thank you to our audience for joining us. And thank you for those fantastic questions we had today. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. And remember, smiles are free. Spend them often.